Hi, and welcome to TCAU. My name is Sarah Britsky, and today we'll be talking about the goals of a classical education. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have already signed up for a classical education for you and for your student. But what exactly does it mean to receive or to give a classical education? It's essential to review this, even if you think you have a great answer, because as the year goes on, we often revert back to the ways that we learned as students. And those things really don't accord with the classical education. And so think with me about how we were taught. When I was a student, I treated school like I was a machine. I put the information in and I regurgitated it out on a test. And then a score came at the end of that process. Um, And that's not how we think in a classical education. When I was in school, I thought about school as a bunch of tasks that I had to complete. Um, And so I focused on the assignments and the products. I didn't really consider that I was being shaped and formed by the work that I did. And ultimately what I wanted from my education was to get into a good school and to achieve. I was thinking about self-actualization and about achieving certain goals. But a classical education is about forming a person to become virtuous and to become a worshiper of God. That is the goal of a classical education. But a classical education is about more than completing tasks. It's about more than GPA. It's about even more than college entrance. It takes a longer view and considers students and ourselves as eternal souls. The goal of a classical education is to form humans in virtue and character. The path to this goal is studying goodness, truth, and beauty in every subject. And today we're going to see how that looks at various stages of a student's development in the classical model. In classical education, we talk about this thing called the trivium, and that is grammar, logic, and rhetoric. These are the types of study that accord with a student's brain at different ages. In the youngest ages, in grammar school, students are learning how the world works. They're learning um, observation. They're learning how to name things. Um, And studying truth, goodness, and beauty looks a certain way in that stage. Logic stage is when students are beginning to question. It's when they are beginning adolescence. And looking and studying goodness, truth, and beauty looks a different way in that age. And in rhetoric school, students study goodness, truth, and beauty as they begin um, being able to express themselves and to make um, an imprint and influence the world. So let's look at each of those stages individually and talk about what it looks like to form eternal souls in virtue and character and to study goodness, truth, and beauty as our students go through the grammar, logic, and rhetoric stage. Let's talk about how it looks to form eternal souls in virtue and character in grammar school. In grammar school, the path to study goodness, truth, and beauty just looks like taking in all that God created and enjoying it together. So when you think about your day, you are absorbing with your young student so much truth, goodness, and beauty in every subject. In math, you're pursuing harmony as you attempt to make math problems work out, as you try to find answers to questions about numbers. And that's beautiful. Even when math problems don't work out, you're observing in yourself the disharmony that you feel when numbers are not working out as you imagine that they might. That's a picture of God's order and our desire for it in the world. And that's much greater than completing math problems correctly. It's about the pursuit of order and goodness and truth. Think about poetry. In grammar school, we're memorizing lots of poetry and that's the task, but the goal is to experience and enjoy lilting rhythms and rhymes. 
It's to see the goodness and the beauty of a story told in a beautiful poem. It's to experience the satisfaction of a phrase well-turned, of a rhyme that surprises and delights. How about stories? In grammar school, we tell and enjoy so many stories. And the goal of that is to see how our world works and how human beings respond with courage, um, how they respond with ingenuity, and to desire that kind of story in our own lives. A life of worshiping God, doing our best, um, and seeing things all come out right in the end. Isn't that the story that we want to live and the story that we see in the Bible? And in grammar school, we get to enjoy those stories um, that we might someday live them. So we're seeing virtue. We're taking it in. Um, That's the goal and the path of a classical education in grammar school. Now, doing all of those different things, seeing um, beauty, goodness, and, and truth is helping our students grow in virtue. But the place where virtue is really built in grammar school is probably in the moments that don't feel as beautiful as what I just was describing. It's when students are throwing pencils, frustrated, stomping out of the room. Um, Those moments gone wrong are actually where in a classical Christian collaborative education, we are forming virtue. Those are the opportunities for our students to build character. And in those moments, we can resolve them in the same way that we did when we were teaching subjects. We point to what is good, true, and beautiful, and we invite students into that reality. Because when our emotions are dysregulated and when we're mad and frustrated, um, we can be pulled out of those things by looking at the goodness, truth, and beauty of Jesus. He died for our sin, um, and he calls us into something beautiful, into forgiveness and into second chances. And so in grammar school, we're looking at the goodness, truth, and beauty in every subject, and we're building it in ourselves through the ups and downs of learning as a young person. In logic school, we still expose our students to the goodness, truth, and beauty in every subject. But now our students are beginning to question what they're learning and to challenge their teachers. And so we want to press into that in a logic stage by inspiring in our students a spirit of inquiry. This is what virtue and character can look like for the logic school student. In this stage, students are starting to look around and the things that they are offered from their teacher and other authorities, um, they're beginning to question. And they're looking instead to their peers increasingly for a source of uh, influence and for what they want to learn and be. And so we want our students to learn this about themselves and to ask questions about themselves and the world around them instead of just judging or getting stuck in their heads. So let's think about how it can look to come alongside our students, modeling a spirit of inquiry in both the content of logic school and in social situations. In logic school, the tasks increasingly become not just to take in information, but to manipulate it, to connect different ideas, to define terms more exactly, to see patterns. Um, Students are classifying and questioning and they're refining their knowledge. They're taking the things that they observed in grammar school and they're making them their own. They're seeking truth from the information that they have learned. And so as parents, when we engage them in content, we may not just be giving them information anymore. We may not be guiding them even through the process of connecting and um, manipulating that information. Instead, we get to engage them in questioning in the same way that we want our students to engage themselves in questioning. And so as parents, we can ask students, tell me how you figured this out. How did you decide how to organize this outline? Or... Tell me about this science experiment. How did you set it up and what did you hope to learn? 
Additionally, in social situations where logic school students are in increasingly seeing themselves as individuals different from those around them, um, they can be prone to judgment. We want instead to inspire in those students the virtue of a spirit of inquiry. So we can ask them questions instead about how they're feeling, how they're experiencing others, um, and how they view themselves as a child of God. In all this questioning, we as parents and educators are moving toward the students, inviting a spirit of inquiry. And that can sometimes be scary because that feels like a little bit of letting go of the control that we had in grammar school, where we were just doling out information and telling students the correct way to go. But because we're also a Christian school, we can be confident that God's word is true and that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and we have nothing to fear. So our students can question their beliefs or the things they're being taught. Um, they can consider unorthodox worldviews. And as they're doing that, uh, the Lord can shape them. They are actually learning to believe the things that they will believe more deeply. And we can engage that not by telling them the right answers, but by asking them questions and engaging that with them. It's modeling um, and showing a student the spirit of inquiry that will help them to really uh, take in and own for themselves the goodness, truth, and beauty, both of their schoolwork and the world around them and the people that they will interact with. This type of curiosity about the unknown in ourselves, others, and ideas, this is the goal of Logic Stage. The goal of Rhetoric School at TCA is to form our students in virtue and character. This can be a little bit confusing because this is quite different than the goal of our high school experience, at least if your high school experience was like mine. It can also be confusing because a lot of the tasks of Rhetoric School look the same as the tasks that we completed when we were in high school. Students are writing essays and reading textbooks. They're reading novels and having discussions. So what exactly is different about a rhetoric school education? At TCA, students are completing these tasks, but the tasks themselves are not the goal. The hope is that our students are formed through the tasks. So consider a student reading one of the great works in literature and humanities class. The students are seeking to find in that text, not the answers to a test, not even information with which they can um, prove a point in an essay. Our students are seeking to find goodness, truth, and beauty. And as they find it, um, they are engaging with their peers in a discussion about what is true in a book, what is beautiful, what is worthy of imitation. Considering its ideas and discussing it with peers, our students are growing in virtues of humility and courage, perseverance and charity. They have to be humble to consider that a dead person from long ago might have something to say that's worthy of their consideration. They're growing in courage and perseverance as they take on a text that is difficult for them to read and not giving up, trying to find the meaning of the words that may seem foreign to them. And they're growing in charity. They're listening to their peers. They're listening to um, writers of long ago. And they're assuming that those people have something to say that's worthy of consideration. These are much greater virtues than getting an A um, or filling out a resume. Students are not only seeking goodness, truth, and beauty. In rhetoric school, they're learning to articulate it, to create it, and finally, to live it. Our students are learning to express and imitate um, good ideas, true ideas, and beautiful ways of living. Isn't this a much greater goal than just self-expression or achievement? Our students are learning um, to pursue virtue, to serve others, and to worship God through their studies. It's easy just to continue to think about rhetoric school as tasks, but when we have again in front of us this idea that students are growing, that the tasks are forming them, we see that these tasks are worth it. Now you may be thinking, but isn't rhetoric school about getting students ready for college? And it's true, it is. 
But again, these tasks will get them ready for thinking well, for seeking truth. And if they can do that as they read a great work, surely they can do that as they take a test. We have to also remember that the goal is not that students will go to college. We want to prepare them for a life beyond that. We want them to be um, a type of human that people will enjoy being around, that bosses will love to hire. Um, we all know people who are like that, that didn't go to Yale. That's what we want for our students. As a review, the goal of rhetoric school is that students seek goodness, truth, and beauty in the world and in their work. And this pursuit motivates their study and forms them. I want to give an example of this from last year. One of our rhetoric school students at TCA um, reflected on his work in chemistry, and he wrote a poem in iambic pentameter. This is the type of verse that Shakespeare often used if you're not familiar with iambic pentameter. So one student wrote this about his experience in chemistry. In chemistry this year, we stood in awe of God's creation through atomic law. We saw how molecules bond and align to form structures that reflect God's design. In third quarter, we saw and learned in class of states of matter, solid, liquid, gas. At school and at home, we balanced, measured, poured to praise our God through all that we've explored. Did this student get an A in chemistry? I have no idea, but it's clear that the lasting impression on him was that chemistry is a beautiful and awe-filled discipline. This view of learning is actually what creates lifelong learners, learners who can perceive wisdom and who see echoes of Christ in all their studies. This is the goal of a TCA rhetoric school education. I want to end with a few practical outcomes of this way of thinking about education. First, in a classical education, we can be flexible and gracious. We are all eternal souls and we are being formed in virtue and character. And that is a process. None of us are done. It has taken me many attempts to complete this podcast, which is still not perfect. Um, and you this year, your students will do similar kinds of work and the product will not ever be perfect and it will often not be what we'd hoped. But the work that is occurring as we complete these tasks is eternal work. We are being formed in virtue and character as we persevere, as we are faithful, and as we seek God in our work. Now, sometimes it just feels much better to check the boxes, but character is not so quickly finished. That brings me to my second practical point, which is as a community at TCA, we can remind and encourage each other of this truth. We need to remind each other that we're doing something different than the way that we were taught. We are trying to create a culture where we are focusing not on tasks, but on the task of forming our students and forming ourselves um, and at the end of the day, we will know that we have succeeded because we have been faithful. We have given our students the best things to think about and observe, and we have pointed them um, toward growing themselves to imitate God and the beauty that he has um, created in the world. Third, it's much easier to be flexible and gracious, to remind and encourage each other of these truths when we are on the journey ourselves. So what are you setting out to learn this year that maybe feels a little bit uncomfortable to you? Look, our students are having to learn new things every day. And sometimes as parents, we can just sit, sit back and kind of know the things that we know. But where are we striving to grow so we can remember the difficult process that is learning? Where are we seeing the need to grow in virtue and character so that we can become better learners? I want to challenge you this year to consider your own journey of learning and to challenge yourself to learn something new that we might be um, more flexible and gracious toward others, especially our students. And finally... Let's lean into the gospel this year. It actually, as I describe a classical education, might be more scary than just box checking, right? It's easy if we just have to get stuff done. It's hard if the task is never ending, the never ending pursuit of virtue. 
This is when we really need to trust God that he will honor our efforts. And so let's depend on God this year. Ultimately, he is the one who will do this eternal work in our children and in us. And we can be faithful to point each other to him in all of our studies, in all of our efforts. And so let's look to God this year to do the work in our hearts that we're desiring, to grow us in virtue and character as we seek and study goodness, truth, and beauty in a classical education. 